the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Coming up this hour, really disturbing new statistics about U.S. drug overdoses. And then a pastor writes, why I got out of Twitter. You're listening to The Common Good. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us, Aubrey. It's good to be with you. You weren't with me two days ago. I wasn't with you yesterday. I I don't know what to do. We're having a reunion. Yeah, I I talk to Aubrey during the day, so when it doesn't happen, you know, it it just throws. The the best part, Brian, is I don't know if you listened to the show yesterday, but I called Catherine Brian at least one time, maybe more than that. I I briefly listened to some of the show while I was in the car yesterday, but it was the part where you said, my normal co-host, he's not much of a creative, but he needs to write his sermons at Panera with lots of noise. And Catherine was like, what? <laughs> it did, oh, but wow, you know, good all, timing. Good timing. The, o- the only way I could answer that was, it's true. She's it's right. true. She's nothing, accurate. Nothing wrong. <laughs> Aubrey, the passage of time, We this seems to be one of the um, common themes on our show right yeah, now. It's, it's a usually coming. Theme. It's usually coming from me. So last night, we went to the senior awards night for my daughter. <gasps> no way. And today is like really her last full day of school. She has to oh, go tomorrow. She graduates next week, but it's like all these last this, last that. Wow. Unbelievable. And then today, my little baby, my youngest daughter, our youngest is a teenager as no of way. today. Wow. So you've all, wait, does that mean your house is now officially all teen? It is all teenagers. All teenagers. Emily wow. turns 13 today. Happy Jackson birthday, Emily. is, yeah, Jackson is 14. Madeline is 18. So uh, the passage of time, no matter mm. how much you want it to slow down, it just doesn't slow down. Unbelievable. Doesn't stop, does it? Wow. Yeah, but I am excited because after the show, she is like, she she got to choose what dinner is tonight, and she's like, I want to go to Red Robin. And I was oh, like, fun. I will take you. I will take you there. We have other fun. stuff going on, so it'll be a quick trip. But I, I'm like, I will. Uh, I will take you there. So what we will. Great, we will. The whole family. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So happy birthday to happy to birthday my youngest. To happy birthday. Happy yeah. senior. Happy senioritis to your it's crazy. oldest. I mean, wow. Time is time is flying. You're not kidding. Are you she feeling? Are you feeling? How are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. I like to joke about it, but like, you know, I love it. And Madeline is so, my oldest Madeline is so ready to go to college that like, it feels right. You're like, okay, 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 good. This is done. Although the one scary part is I did spend some time on the phone this morning with the financial aid office of her uh, college. And man, if you want college to get real, Aubrey, speak to the financial aid (gasps) office. Oh, no. Oh, man. I'm going to have to come to you for major counseling in a few years. 
years because we're just a few years out from that. And I mean, you know, like our car broke down yesterday again. We had to pay a lot of money to get our car fixed yesterday. And so I'm thinking of that. And then I'm thinking like, and then we'll have to pay for college. Like how in the world, how does anyone make this happen without being a millionaire? It's wild. So we got that. And then I talked to a buddy of mine the other day who's got kids that are done with college. I know he still has one in college, I believe, but they're out of the house. And he's like, nobody tells you this, man. They get more expensive when they're out of the house. No, no. That's not right. That's not right. He's like, because they're they're so poor when they're out of college, you got to help them with the moving truck or this or that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is this is crazy. He's like, yeah, at some point it's going to pay off, but not yet. (laughs) So anyway, passage of time. Uh, We like to joke about it here on the show. I told my my oldest, Madeline, this is a running joke. I told her uh, uh, at the award ceremony last night, I was just humming cats in the cradle during the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, man. It is all fun. Well, we're glad that you're with us today. And uh, if you've missed the shows, like the one Aubrey did yesterday with Catherine McNeil, very thankful for Catherine for being mm-hmm. able to fill in. She's so go great. Get, go get the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, and we are going to spend some time later in the show with our friends from Food for the Poor as they do amazing work in the Ukraine. And we're trying to help raise money to provide uh, desperately needed meals uh, to the people in Ukraine. If you want to give, you could go to 1160hope.com and click on the Help Ukraine banner. All right, Aubrey, I wanted to start where a lot of people still are in the news and something you and I have talked about on just about a daily basis, and that's the firestorm around the abortion debate right now. And I want to read something that I read the other day about I don't know if you saw this. Led by Chuck Schumer, the Democrats are putting forth some legislation that they are are confident won't pass, Hmm. but they're wanting each senator to basically have to go on the record, right? Hmm. Like vote for this or against this. Okay, wow. But most people, when you hear this, you think, oh, they're just trying to codify Roe versus Wade with legislation, right? Like they're just trying to – and in fact – If that's all that they did, they probably could get it passed right now. Like Joe Manchin has said that he will. Well, let me read to you because a lot of us don't read these bills. Right. (laughs) And so that's so true. Let me just read from a a very informed reporter who did go through this. Let me read to you some of the stuff in this legislation, because it it raised again for me what is going on here okay. and and the evil i'm just going to use the word the evil of what is going on so let me just read these to you and uh and then i would love for you to respond he said this is john mccormick he's a washington correspondent in national review he said here's some of the things in the abortion bill that chuck schumer will bring for a vote next week one it creates a right to abortion through 9 months of pregnancy in all 50 states mm. Two, it would strike down almost all state laws on abortion, including parental consent laws, which are supported by 70% of Americans. Three, it would gut conscience and religious liberty protections for doctors. Four, it would create a right uh, for non-doctors to perform abortions. Five, uh, Senator Murkowski and Senator Collins point out that it would prohibit state laws banning sex selective abortions. Mm. Uh, six, it would abolish state laws requiring a 24 hour waiting period prior to obtaining an abortion, a measure that Americans backed nationally by a 41 point margin. 
Seven, it would strike down state laws requiring abortionists to inform women of alternatives to abortion, which Americans support by a 77-point margin, according to Gallup. Uh, Eight, the bill could potentially force 50 states to pay for elective abortions through Medicaid, uh, and uh, nine, uh, that is, you know, nine, it would invalidate Pennsylvania's late term abortion law under which Kermit Gosnell was convicted for killing 21 infants in utero mm. later than 27 weeks. Mm. And number 10, it would strike down state partial birth abortion bans, for example, in Georgia, that aren't the same as the federal partial birth abortion ban. And so, Aubrey, I, those are heavy, but I wanted to read yeah. these because. Yeah. This isn't about just keeping Roe versus Wade. Uh, The pro-choice side right now of the Democratic Party is trying to push uh, abortion to limits that we've never had or lack of limits to which we've never had at a state. I read that, Aubrey, and obviously it could change. And a lot of this has to do with language. But I read that. I was like, my goodness, that feels dark. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, like you said, things could change, but as it stands, if this is an accurate reading and telling, this some of this is quite shocking, like striking down parental consent, um, you know, uh, the non-doctors performing abortions. That to me is scary because that puts both baby and mom at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, the that waiting period. I mean, uh, and then that that alternative to abortion is crazy. So, and there's so much of it that does feel. Very, very extreme and very, very dark. And um, sadly, I I was actually reading an article about this, about the concept of of pro-choice by a Christian person who was saying, like, look, if you're going to be pro-choice, you need to be pro-choice all the way, which means the pro-lifers are allowed to have that as a valid choice. Oh, interesting. This is like almost removing an option of pro-life it is certainly swaying a pro-abortion stance uh in our country like meaning it's not purely uh pro-choice it's pro-abortion that's what i'm trying to say and this is this is pretty rough brian yeah you and i are starting to have sometimes i think we're sharing a little bit of a mind the more that we do this i read this and i said uh Many people on that side are moving from pro-choice. Hey, we want, remember Bill Clinton said that that we want abortion to be safe and rare, right? right like that right. was his thing. Right. We have moved from that to being pro-abortion. Like mm-hmm. any, there's no other, con, there's no other um, explanation for taking away waiting periods, taking away parental uh, consent from taking away um Hey, we're going to tell you about some other options. This just feels dark and yeah, evil. And this absolutely. is why we're going to continue to talk about it because this is, um, as we say on this show, a hill to die on. We must protect the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up next, Aubrey, a really diff- difficult statistic came out regarding U.S. drug overdoses. I want to share that news and then talk about the implications of it and what's going on nationally. We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us today. By the way, Aubrey, when you weren't here two days ago and yeah. I did the show by myself. So sad. What a sad, terrible day for you. So 
probably three separate times just out of reflex, I said, <laughs> alongside a... Nope. <laughs> oh, I'm actually happy to hear that. I'm actually to know that I have that place in your subconscious. It is so just reflexive <laughs> I can't wait, now. I can't wait for the day you like, you're preaching and you welcome people to your church. Like, hey, everybody, welcome to Four Corners Church. My name is, I'm the lead pastor, Brian Sampson, alongside my co-host, Aubrey Sampson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can't wait for that. Can't wait. It just comes out, right? Our, I do things in muscle. nine minutes. I do things in nine to ten minute chunks in my life, and I always say alongside Aubrey Sampson. (laughs) That's just basically how we do it. So we're glad if you missed the show. Two days ago, I did it by myself. Yesterday, Aubrey, while I was out... Uh, was able to be joined by Catherine McNeil. Catherine is wonderful. Yeah, I would encourage you to go get the podcast wherever it is. You get your podcast, subscribe, rate, review. You could also go to 1160hope.com. And there we ask that you subscribe, rate, review. Okay, Aubrey, this is a difficult subject, but I do think one, especially with those of us with teenagers and kids mm. need to wrestle with. And this is this. I'm reading this from Relevant Magazine. Okay. But it's all over the news. You can read it at a bunch of different places. Uh, In 2021, U.S. drug overdoses rose to a record 107,000 people. Overdose deaths have been soaring in the U.S. for 20 years, having taken over a million lives since the year 2000. Now the death toll is taking a sharp uptick. In 2021, drug overdoses killed over 107,000 people, Mm. a tragic record, according to preliminary uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Mm. estimates. Uh, In a statement to BuzzFeed News, the U.S. drug czar and head of the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy, Raul Gupta, said it is unacceptable that we are losing a life to overdose every five minutes around the clock. And they go on to try to give some reasoning, Aubrey, to this. But the difficulty Mm. to this is, well, it's just overwhelming to read this. And the sad part of this is before we get into why do we think this is, anytime you say that these types of deaths are going up and going up quickly, it's really kind of overwhelming to even think about. You know, and it's so overwhelming to think about because it feels like we have such little control. Like you hear losing a life to overdose every five minutes around the clock. Um, That feels so difficult to even like, how do we even then begin to address like the pain and the heartache and the problem behind this? Because obviously in one sense, uh, it feels like this should be stoppable, right? Mm. Like people should not be overdosing and dying. Um, You know, like there somehow there has to be a, more care for addicts or more care for I, I'm not exactly sure obviously I here I am just like spitballing but I think that's what's so devastating about it too is you've got casual drug users and then you've got addicts and they're mm-hmm. dying and like that seems like it should be stoppable like that should yes. not be happening but the reality is it is and this shows yeah. us that it's getting worse and worse and worse yeah it says here in in relevant early reports on what drove the increase found that the isolation of pandemic lockdowns was likely a factor mm-hmm. as overdosing individuals were not around people who could help them Public health officials also said an increase in the availability of fentanyl on the illegal market was likely to blame. He said uh, 
the, the doctor here in the article said we're in an overdose epidemic that wow. has been getting worse for 22 years and is so bad that it has cut U.S. life expectancy even before the pandemic, which is incredible. Mm. We've never seen anything like it. The illegal form of fentanyl killed 71,000 people in 2021, two thirds of all drug overdoses mm. that just let that set in this this fentanyl is unreal but let's go to the pandemic portion yeah. of this Aubrey, yeah. because there is a biblical thing here about the power of community mm. especially when you're struggling the dangers of loneliness we talked yeah. about this in the middle of the pandemic people are isolated yeah people are lonely and this really yeah. does teach us again with st- staggering difficult sad but just numbers data that isolation really pours fuel on the fire of mental health issues, depression, mm-hmm. whatever else, drug abuse or whatever else it might be. Yeah, I think this is, you know, like, Brian, like us talking about this, this increase in drug overdoses, I feel like in my mind, it's I, I'm adding it to like, OK, and then we also have been reading about the increase in uh, suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. OK, and then mm-hmm. we've also been reading about the increase in anxiety and depression. OK, and we've also been reading about the increase in people not going to church. And I'm not saying there's a correlation, except that I think we all go. COVID was really, really hard. People are really, really suffering. Mm. And somehow you're right about that. Like we have to help invite people out of isolation into community. I would say into Christian communities, so they can experience the power of the gospel as well. And, and begin to turn this tide before it's just an unstoppable force. And it, yeah. it is, it is quite shocking. It is quite devastating. And, you know, you said before, now you're a household of all teenagers. I have teenagers yes. as well. Uh, just thinking about our kids and how they're impacted by this. That's so right. like there's the adult generation, but then the next generation and how can we make a better road forward for them coming out of, uh, the pain of the the pandemic. I think yeah. churches, social workers, schools, therapists, like all of us got to get together yeah. and do some major brainstorming and figure out how to make some change. Let's, let's uh, dive in there. You and yeah. I are both pastors. Yeah. We work in churches. I've never preached. I don't know. The next time I talk about drug overdoses right. in the sermon will be the first time. Right. Right. Never right. talk about it. Uh, I'm not avoiding it, but you're not like writing a sermon going, yeah. oh, here, let's talk. What is the role of the church here? What is the role yeah. in the, what what the CDC is calling an an epidemic yeah. of overdose deaths right now? Yeah, I I do think something you just said strikes me because I don't also know the last time I've heard a sermon on like suicide. And so I just mm-hmm. wonder if we as pastors and preachers need to get a lot better at you know, when we're, uh, you know, oftentimes, Brian, I'm sure you do this too in your in your preaching, whatever the sermon of the text is about, you'll say yeah. something like, and for those of you struggling with this, for those That's of right. you struggling with that, like perhaps it's just time to start saying, and look, if you're also struggling with drug addiction, if you're also struggling with anxiety mm. and depression and, and suicidal thoughts, uh, one, like tell somebody immediately 
That's and right. two, here's what God has to say to you as well. Like, I think maybe let's just get better about naming it from the pulpit because then things mm. aren't happening so much in secrecy as we're quote unquote normalizing yeah. it to say like, yes, Christians struggle with this too. And then perhaps people will come out and begin talking more about what they're going through. And then that, of course, we know healing comes That's when right. people aren't keeping things in the dark anymore. That's the, just me spitballing though, Brian. No, I think it's heavy. good. And it's interesting. I will often say from the pulpit, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. if you're this, I'm not sure I've ever said from the pulpit in that list of things. I'm not sure yeah. I've ever said, I don't think I've ever gotten to the point of saying, if you're considering suicide yeah, or if you're abusing drugs, mm -hmm. like naming that. Now mm -hmm. that's challenging to me now that mm -hmm. you say that. I'm not sure I've ever said that, but I try to be really open about it. Yeah. It is not a sin to be depressed if you're right. struggling with depression, but I've never taken it to that length. I do think you're right that we need to. And I would also say you and I touched, you touched on the fact that you and I both are parents of teenagers. Yeah. Parents, we've got to be talking about this with our kids, especially yeah. things like fentanyl and other things. So you might scary. be like, oh, my kid would never do that. I hope that's true. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I, right. And look at the data. I do remember just one more thing, Brian. When yeah, I, go was ahead. In a, I was in a preaching class. And one of the things that Tim Keller talks about in, in his preaching is just what we're talking about here. Like he says that pastors need to stop using general, general terms mm -hmm. like sin, struggle, mm -hmm. but actually name things like in your community, in your city, in your, that people are struggling with because for some people, they just need that, like, a particular connection mm, and so mm -hmm. I, i'm being challenged even as you and i are talking about this like talk to Agreed. our kids like you're saying talk about it from the pulpit don't assume everybody's okay that's well put yep this is uh, this is as the center for disease controls calls it an epidemic mm -hmm. and the wow. numbers are going up and going up quickly and hopefully the church can do its part in stepping in well coming up next uh, Aubrey, there's somebody, a pastor that you and I have quoted multiple times from his Twitter account who just recently wrote a, uh, a post at the Gospel Coalition that says why I got out of Twitter. <gasps> wow. Okay. Going to talk about that stand next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us. On my daughter's 13th birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. Emily. Happy birthday so to fun. my baby. My baby girl, my youngest, Aww, is 13. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. It is. I'm happy for her. And uh, as I joked with, uh, with my wife last night, Aubrey, we have gone from having... Uh, uh, we are now have a house full of teenagers, which means a house full of wild. teenage angst. Wild. You know what I mean? Yes. Although, well, I don't know because I'm not there yet, but I'll be calling you in a few years when I have a house full of teenage angst. Yeah. I do need to tell you pre-teen angst and teen angst, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, great. So just a lot more to look forward to of what we already have. That's right. So happy birthday to my daughter, my sweet Emily. So glad to, to celebrate with her tonight. All right, Aubrey, we talk a lot on this show about social media. Here, mm -hmm. let me ask you, if if I if we did a top five list, top five uh, pastors, authors, theologians, whose Twitter accounts you and I most often quote on this show, who are some that come to mind for you? Uh, Scott Sauls comes yes. to mind for me. We talk about David French quite mm -hmm. a bit. 
We Beth have, Moore. We've done, I was going to say Beth Moore. We've done Chris Kane. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe some Tim s- Keller. Yeah, Tim Keller. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe an Ed Stetzer every once in a while. Uh, an Ed Stetzer. You can't do anything without oh, an Derwin Ed Stetzer. Oh, Derwin Gray. We, we love Derwin Gray. Yeah. And we love Karen Swallow Pryor. Those are some of there our other. There you go. Yeah. And so what happens is on Twitter, you kind of have your go-tos. But one of the ones that you and I have quoted probably more than we think uh, through the course of this year is uh, a pastor. Uh, I think he's recently retired, but he's super wise, right? Right. People look to him like they look to Keller, like for wisdom. His name is Ray Ortland, and uh, yeah. he does a lot of good on his Twitter account. That's why I took notice when I was perusing the Gospel Coalition and saw that Ray Ortland wrote this the other day, why I got out of Twitter. So Ray Ortland is leaving Twitter. Let me read a little bit of what he says. Ray Ortland says, this is personal. I'm not criticizing anyone else. For me, Twitter might even be, uh, no, for some, I'm sorry, Twitter might even be a necessity, but I'm out. Hmm. Reluctantly, because it is possible to do some good on Twitter, but still, I'm out. Why? I'll make it brief. And he goes and he 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 lists a lot of scripture okay. for him that's informing it. And then he says, within this framework of scripture, here are three considerations weighing on me. I want you to hear these three, and then we'll talk about them. He says, first... Um, The good that can be accomplished on Twitter can also be accomplished and far more fruitfully in real life. Sure. Scrolling Twitter, he says, is an intense experience, but the intensity can fool us. It feels more real than it is. So he wants to be more present in real life, too, he says. I'm grieved by the behavior of Christians on Twitter. He says, sure, there are so many that I admire, but Twitter can arouse the mean streak inside every one of us. And some of us honestly do not realize the harm that Mm, we do. That's why I call it bitter Twitter. That's right. There you go. And he says, three, Twitter consumes time and I have no time to waste. For a man in his 70s, Mm. I'm surprisingly healthy. But sooner or later, something bad will come to find me and take me out. (laughs) That's an awesome way to put it. He says, fine. Jesus is prepared an eternal place for me. But he says, basically, uh, on my dying day, will I regret not spending time on Twitter? He says, the answer <laughs> is obvious. Wow. He says, I'll miss interacting with my Twitter friends. You know who you are and you're magnificent, but friendship at its best is face to face. So wherever you are, God has given you true friends as Shakespeare wise- wisely urged us, grapple them unto thy soul with hoops of steel. He says, so why not call a friend right now and tell them how much they mean to you? So he says, I am off of Twitter. All right, Aubrey. Uh, And for some of this, we could, for some of you, you're like, I'm not even on Twitter. Right, right. Remove Twitter, insert Facebook, insert Instagram, Instagram, insert whatever. Yeah. What do you think about, because we bemoan social media on here often. But what do you think of somebody like Ray Ortland, who has a, to this point, had a very um, vocal presence yeah, on did. Twitter and he discussions did. with people and stuff. What do you think about him just saying, I'm out? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can see the wisdom in it and I can see how it would be really good for your own soul, especially if, I mean, he's talking about some of the, the rage and mean streak he's seeing. I'm wondering. And experience if probably. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. He's been probably the target of it. And then I wonder if in his own heart, like he's become someone with a mean streak, you know, um, I, 
I struggle a little bit because there is a part of me that's like, let's all just get off Twitter. Like, let, mm. that's right. This is dumb. Bitter um, Twitter. Yeah. So I actually totally get it, especially when he's talking about, like, seeing the end of his life. Yeah. None of us are going to regret not being on Twitter. Right? Like, right. fine. I, I love it. I think that's great. I also, I don't know why there's this little, like, cynic in me that is like... One, then why are you making a big announcement about it by writing an article? Like, just leave. Others on Twitter have made that point. <laughs> oh, have they? Okay. Yes. And then, and then two, um, I'm not sure that it, why does it have to be either or? Like, hmm. can you pop on, say something wise that would encourage people, and then pop off and not just yeah. be on it all day? Like, that feels yeah. like a discipline problem to me as well. Like, I'll post on Twitter uh, my Wordle score or something. I'm not an interesting follow on Twitter, but I'm just not on it that often. So I don't feel like it consumes me the way I hear other people talk about it. Uh, but that's just me. I mean, other things consume me. So it's not like, you know, I'm not guilty of being consumed by something. But I, I don't know. I guess, yes, more power to him. Amen. Probably we should all get off Twitter. And also, like, you could have just maybe got off Twitter without making a whole big deal about I it. Think, I think that is a fair statement. Let me make a couple statements. One, okay. do not undersell the excitement of your daily Wordle score. <laughs> I mean, I, my family, we gather around my <laughs> yeah, computer. I, know I turn do. on Twitter. I know just you do. Waiting. Yeah, waiting. I, ha- I haven't. I haven't done it yet, and it's like this evening already. So you guys are probably like, "What are? How can we even celebrate Emily until Aubrey's Wordle scores?" <laughs> Emily, is we're not going to dinner till we get Aubrey's Wordle score. Uh, but in all seriousness, it is there is some irony to writing a blog post about why you're getting off of Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I would say this: I think you make a valid point, whether it be Twitter. Like, I've always thought of Twitter more neutral in my life until mm-hmm. recently because I've started mm. following some of the wrong people in the church uh, world okay. in the name of show prep, <clears throat> in the name of gotcha. knowing what's going on out there. Gotcha. Uh, and it has affected me a little bit. And I mm-hmm. think we have to realize when social media is affecting us yeah. and be uh, adult enough to go, I'm going to mute that person. I'm going to unfollow them. I'm going to unfollow whatever your social media platform's language is. Right. You have to do. And then you make a very valid point about time. Like some of this is just a boundaries issue. Hey, I'm going to go on. I'm going to try to figure. I'm going to, you know, read what's going on in the sports world and in the Christian world. And I'm going to get off it and be done with it for the day. And I'm not speaking of us from a place of strength on that, but Uh, he is very right that it can suck up your time, mm-hmm. but let's not fool ourselves that it has to suck up your time. It exactly. doesn't have to. And so I would say if you read this blog post and you're like, I'm with them, I'm out, more power to you. Yeah, Get right. out. But I, I do think you're right that it doesn't need to be an either or, that it's either consuming you or you're not present. Because like we've said with some other stuff, it, it – Twitter's a worse place for not having the voice of Ray Ortland on it. I mean, that's uh, what I was just thinking. Like that makes tw- that does make Twitter a worse place. I agree with that. Yeah, but I do think the point being, whatever boundaries you need to make, uh, consider making them. Don't yeah. let social media kind of control you. So an interesting yeah, post yep. from a wise pastor there, Ray Ortland. Well, coming up next, Aubrey. Uh, the birth rate is falling, and at Business Insider, they wrote an article as to why that might be that I'm very mm. interested to get your take on. We're mm. going to do that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. 
Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us. And be sure to stay with us as we are going to be joined uh, in the 5 o'clock hour by Anitra Parmalay. Anitra, our friend from Food for the Poor. As as we partner with Food for the Poor uh, in their amazing work to provide desperately needed meals in Ukraine. Uh, people, as you know, we're watching all these events in the Ukraine going, I want to be able to do anything to help. And yeah. here's a very yeah. tangible way that you can help. So uh, if you go to 1160hope.com, you will see a banner that says help Ukraine. Uh, what, what is, what's the math we've said, Aubrey? For every $1 you give, it provides four, four desperately needed meals. So $100, 400 meals, $1,000, 4,000 meals. Incredible. We're all good at math here on the show. Uh, so go ahead and do the math and give. Give yeah. today. Yeah. Go to 1160hope.com and there you can support uh, the great work Food for the Poor is doing in Ukraine. All right, Aubrey, here's the I teased this earlier, but here is the interesting article that I read over at Business Insider. It just is titled this more and more women just don't want children. Hmm. Here's the quote. Kids are expensive and sticky. That is actually (laughs) true. That's Uh, true. It's this idea uh, that uh, so they quote this one woman. She says, I came to the conclusion that I likely don't want children slowly and then kind of all at once. Mm. Having always played the mom role in her friend group, she'd assumed she'd become a real one someday. But over the years, she became more passionate about her career and watched mentors struggle with balancing work and family. She said, it doesn't seem like fun for anyone. I can't <laughs> imagine doing it and raising children, doing it being her job. And raising children while maintaining some sense of self. And here's the statistics. A growing number of Americans like this woman have lost interest in becoming parents. In a November Pew Research Center survey of 3,800 plus Americans, 44% of non-parents said it's not too likely or not likely at all that they'll have kids someday, up by seven percentage points from 20. 18. They get into the wow. reasons, some of it being childcare costs and other things. But yeah. really what it is, uh, is that the child-free life, they start to quote some people as saying, I just want to enjoy my life. I want to mm. be able to travel. I want a high quality of life. Yeah. I want to retire early. And yeah. kids get in the way of this. Now, that's accurate. Aubrey, <laughs> we don't want to stand in here and be like, you're wrong or people make their own decisions. But as I did tell you off air, when I read this, I was sad. Mm. Uh, I was sad. And it does say things about kind of that younger generation. Now, I don't know what age you were when you had your first child. Carrie and I were 26. So we were for our culture, relatively young. We had our kids. We were done having kids by the age of 30. Wow. Uh, uh, no, that's not true. 32. I'm doing okay. the math right now yeah. when we had Emily, whose birthday is today. Uh, I don't know why. This made me sad when I read this. So yeah. they, they're really honing in on mom. So when I read it, also, I was interested to know your opinion of this. Yeah. 
Can I say something that's like a little crass? I'm sorry to do this. Please but do. This is the same way I feel about, and I know you have dogs, but this is the same way I feel about people with dogs. Like every dog owner I know literally hates having a dog. They're always complaining about it. They're always like, can you, I, oh, someone's got to come feed my dog because we're out of town. Ugh, the dog won't do. And so I, Kevin and I are like, oh, we never want dogs. Now we can't have dogs because our son is deathly allergic to them, but like, can That's, I answer that as a dog lover? Yeah, because you love dogs, but I feel we like two people hate their dogs. Okay, go ahead. We have two of them, and I love, love my dogs one step below my children. Like, okay. I, I am a dog. I love my dogs. Okay. I genuinely do. Yeah. It is annoying to have to find, to when you're planning a vacation, to go, what are we doing with the dogs? Yeah. Uh, in fact, we had a dog that we had to put down, a, you know, six, Aww, seven years sad. ago. Yeah, she lived a wonderful life. Oh, but okay, okay. We had to put her down maybe in 2016. We didn't get our next dog for maybe another two to three yeah. years, and that was the exact reason. Just like, to oh, like it's have nice like... to have this freedom. And I do right. think there's something to that in this article, Aubrey. Like, I do think there's something to it. Yeah. Uh, no one's saying having kids wouldn't be fun or times or this that right. just it it's a burden and can mm-hmm. I can I travel the world can mm-hmm. I retire early the answer to those questions are no so keep keep going keep going yeah so I okay so let's let's go serious now I was kind of kidding about the dog thing but that is true I I do think I I hear a lot of people who decide not to have kids it is that travel piece they want to travel and the truth is some people can travel with kids but it, uh, the average person it it just requires a lot of money a lot of time a lot of extra stuff to be able to travel with kids and so i think there's some i think there's a valid point for that for that like if that's the life you want then probably yeah like kids are going to make that really really hard um i also think women have never really had the opportunity to decide for themselves, do I want kids or not? Maybe I actually love working and I can't figure out the way to do both. And so, and again, I would say primarily we're still living in a culture where even if it's egalitarian, moms still carry the lion's share of things like, when are the library books due? I need to call the <laughs> orthodontist. I need to also call the dentist. Wait, the kid has the parent-teacher conference then? Are we out of milk? Oh, I need to make sure I get this phone call. But like moms, even in an egalitarian marriage, moms still carry the lion's share of that. And so I can see why more and more women are like, look, if it's all going to fall to me, heck no. Yeah. That said, okay, so all of that, I actually am like, yeah, I think it's a valid choice. Like really yeah. think through it and decide and way to go f- you if you decide not to have kids. That said, my kids are the greatest treasure and joy in my life. And there have been yeah. years when I'm like, I can't do this. I won't survive. Yes. This yes. will kill me. That said, I would not change any of it. Like the mm-hmm. lessons in sacrifice, the lessons in like being present, just the love that you can't even explain because it's so like instinctual. It's almost animalistic. Like the joy that your kids mm-hmm. bring you, even as they get older and your relationship with them changes, that to me, you can travel the world all you want. Nothing is more Nothing. valuable than that. And yeah. I would not trade the 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 really and I mean I'm telling you when my kids when I was a stay at home mom my kids were young those are really hard years for me absolutely I would not trade them uh, if it meant mm. not having kids yeah yeah so, no it's great I so 
This does speak to me. I want to be a little careful, but maybe I don't. There is a self-centeredness to some younger generations that worries me. I agree with uh, that, just, Brian. Yeah. Just this line that in the article said, I can take trips on a whim. I sleep in and I treat every weekend like it's self-care. Yeah. I've been able to move across the country and back again based only on my wants and my needs. And then it goes on that, did you know there's a Facebook group? Of almost 50,000 people titled, I regret being a parent, which so just breaks is, my heart. No, that's so devastating because you're saying something about your own children and their identity. And the, your yeah. kids will your kids will feel that. I don't like that at I'm all. Sorry. I think that's evil. Uh, absolutely. And this is anecdotal. I understand this. Yeah. So somebody listening to this might say, that's not true. That's not true. So I'm going to tell you my experience anecdotally. Uh, everything okay. you said about having kids, I sign on to 100%. Yeah. It is the greatest joy of my life and yeah. has been really difficult, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't trade it for a minute. Yeah. So I want to be careful saying this, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, people in my own life who can have kids and who were married but chose for these reasons not to have children. So I have a couple people that I know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all regret it later in life. Oh, really? I, I've not had a conversation with anyone who hasn't regretted that decision. I understand. Wow. I want to be very careful. Some of you can't have children. Yeah. Some of you to, different. That's a yes. different deal. Yeah. That is yeah. totally different. But the the people that I know who have made a conscious decision at an early age, I'm only going for career and travel and this and that, have o- have always regretted it. And mm. I know that's anecdotal. You might be one of those people going, nope, I've never regretted yeah, it a day. But right. that's what I have seen. And I think what I would just love to say is I, I think kids are awesome. And you know yeah. what kids produce? Hopefully grandkids, which I hear is even better. Oh, <laughs> so I can't wait for the I grandkids. And there's a lot it. of kids out there that need to be fostered and adopted. So maybe you don't Absolutely. have your own, but maybe you help take care of somebody else. Absolutely. An interesting article and an interesting trend mm-hmm. culturally right now. Well, coming up next, we love our friends from Food for the Poor, and they are doing amazing work in Ukraine. We're going to talk about that next with Anitra Parmalay here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Coming up this hour, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, my co-host, who I was just with, Brian Fromm, stepped out of the studio, and I am joined in his place by our good friend at Food for the Poor, Anitra Parmalay, and she is here because all month long we are partnering with Food for the Poor to bring much-needed resources of food to those suffering in Ukraine and refugees from Ukraine. You're listening to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson, and I'm so excited to have Anitra to talk about how we can partner with them and help today. Anitra, thanks for being here. Oh, my word. So much fun. I mean, I feel like I have a front row seat to see God doing miracles because mm. we talk so much about the situation in Ukraine. Yeah. And to finally have something we can do to relieve the suffering, okay, that's exhilarating. Yeah, it's, uh, it is exhilarating. And I think, Anitra, like... Lots of people I know are passionate about helping Ukraine. Lots of people are posting on social media about Ukraine. Lots of people are paying attention in the news. And I think all of us have this sense of urgency, like, I want to do something. What can I do? How can I help? But that's where we get stuck. We don't know what to do. And so we just sort of, we pray, which is valuable, but then we kind of stop there. What we're actually doing, which is why I'm so excited about partnering with Food for the Poor, is we're saying, oh, here's actually what you can do. You can provide 
food to people who need food. And this is life or death. This is like on the ground today in Ukraine, they need food that you will provide by giving. And I love you and I were just laughing before we went on air about how neither of us are good at math. But I actually love <laughs> I love the, the numbers here because it's it's four meals for every dollar. And essentially what we're saying is if you want to give 1200 meals that's just two gifts of 150 dollars is that right so we need two people imagine? to give 150 dollars that's 1200 meals and you can do that by going to 1160hope.com clicking on that help ukraine banner you can also call if you've got your phone by you 855-901-4673 855-901-HOPE it's unbelievable i i still can't believe 100 two gifts of 150 dollars is 1,200 meals. That kills me. So right now, you have the chance to step into headlines and make a difference for these Ukrainian refugees, for all of these, I mean, millions of displaced families by providing them desperately needed food. There is lack of food. There is no drinking water. There is no medicine. A lot of people are just, I think, starving to death in their apartments right now with no help. Right now, the need is exceeding the supply. And the only way that we catch up with that is with the generosity of people stepping forward, making that contribution in whatever way that they can. And that will allow us to reach those people that are there right now, sheltered in place or ending up in a refugee situation. You're allowing us to respond to this and go further faster. That concept of going further faster, I, I, I really want to emphasize the desperate need because I think maybe what people are, are missing, including me, Anitra, is that the need for food is like in the moment. Like this is this is a need right this very second. We're not talking months from now, although there will be need months from now. But we're saying like if you don't help provide food, there will not be food in Ukraine. Wouldn't you say it's that urgent? It is, because that's what we're hearing from the ground. Yeah. The ministry that we have on the ground is a network of 3,500 pastors, and they are able, because of the way these meals are packaged, if they see somebody as they're walking on the road, they're able to hand them a bag that has mm, six meals. Wow. There's boxes that have 126 meals. So maybe those are the people that are sheltering in a basement or mm. maybe have been taken in by neighbors in Poland. But the people showing hospitality just don't have the means to feed them. You know, they're willing yeah. to give them a floor to sleep on or a, right. a community room, but there's just nowhere to sleep. So the need for food is is what we hear so much. So right now, you can meet that need. You can yeah. be an answer to the headlines. Your gift of $150 provides three or 600 meals. It's I mean, unbelievable. Again, with the math, $150 because every dollar is four meals. So it's 600 meals when you go to 1160hope.com and click on that Help Ukraine Mm -hmm. banner. It's a couple minutes. Maybe it's easier for you to make a phone call. 855-901-HOPE, 855-901-4673. And you're going to have the biggest grin all Mm. evening long, even as maybe you sit down to dinner with your own family and look around and think... God, you just Mm. allowed me to be a part of providing meal Mm. after meal after meal after meal to people who can't shop at the grocery store, can't rely on their neighbors because everybody's in this situation. As somebody said when they gave online, they said, 
what would I want if I was in that situation? Mm. If my two children were with me in a strange place and I had no way to get food and I didn't know anybody. Right. Right. What would you do? And that's where you'd be begging God to show up. And we are the answer to those prayers right now. And like Anitra said, if you just go to 1160hope.com, click on that Help Ukraine banner, or you can call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. That takes a couple minutes. You know what I'm thinking about too, Anitra? I think so often we, you know, we, we pray or we write in our journals or we talk with our friends about like, God... What is my purpose? Show me what you want me to do. Show me like why I'm here on this planet. And we sort of miss like we're thinking so big picture that we sort of miss like, oh, wait, there are these actual opportunities right in front of us right right now. And this is one of those like this is your purpose as a follower of Jesus to be the hands and feet of Jesus to provide food to those in need. And so in one sense, like this is a. This is a beautiful invitation to step into God's purposes for you and God's purposes right. for the world. I think you've been reading my journal like my, <laughs> my sister stealing it from under my bed. But I, it's exactly what I was saying because I do hunger when I read Acts. I'm like, God, I want to see you show up like that. Yeah. I want to see community like that. Mm. I just I feel like these past year and a half, these past this past two years has yeah. kind of fractured me and made mm-hmm. and I've worked hard to stay connected, but I yeah. I do miss out on that that fellowship. And yeah. so often Paul talks about you know, thank you from the community mm. at fill in the blank. Yeah. You were, you know, everybody threw everything they had into a, a center pot and nobody had need. <sighs> I'm like, those are some simple words. Yeah. But I stop and I think, God, can we see that in mm. our day? Mm. Can we see the hungry mm. filled? Can we Amen. see the lonely reached out to, you know, mm. if whatever that verb is? But yeah. I just... I I feel like almost sometimes this is so easy and done so, so quickly that there's not a tag on it that says, hey, Anitra, it's God. This is one of those opportunities (laughs) you've been waiting for. Right. I I know, Anitra, I I mean, I feel like now you're reading my journal because I'm reading through Acts (laughs) right now in my in my morning devotionals. And I I read that that part in Acts about everyone having all of their needs met, people coming together, literally bringing all their resources together. And I did. I wrote in the margin of my Bible. I long to see this in our day and age, this kind of Holy Spirit power where we are. You're right. The hungry are filled. And so again, this is why I'm so excited to be partnering with Food for the Poor for this entire hour, because we are inviting you to be a part of that kind of acts to church power again by going to 1160hope.com, clicking on the Help Ukraine banner. You can also call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. And let's do some math for you one more time. Two gifts of $150. So that's two of you right now clicking on that banner, calling that number, giving $150 provides 1,200 meals. And imagine the shouts of joy. I mm. I love thinking about the experience. For me, it's all about reaction and how did you feel during that? You know, yeah. I love stats. I love, uh, you know, to know that your gift of $150 releases six. 
1,200 meals right Amazing. off the bat. So we're looking for 1,200 meals to be released in the next couple of minutes yep. and inviting you to be a part of it. But I just think, you know, I think we've all had that experience where we're like, okay, God, it wouldn't be a bad if you would show up right now. Mm. Okay, how about now? How about mm. now? And, you know, I mean, I have been a follower of Jesus long enough to know that his timing is perfect, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And yeah, I just so envision the, the moms who have fled. Maybe they fled in mm. the, the first kind of volleys of, yeah. of you know, ammunition. And yeah. To realize, okay, this is week number fourteen. You know, mm-hmm. when is when am I going to get relief? When is mm. it going to be even marginally easier to provide? Not just for me, because as a mom, you think immediately of your children. Totally. You'll go without totally. so that you can provide for your children, but. Imagine when word gets to you, the community center in the in the town in Poland where you've been sheltering, yeah. and all of a sudden the partners show up, and it's a pastor, it's a church member, and they're like, do you know what? We just received a shipment of thousands of meals, and it mm. has a little tag on it that says Chicago? <laughs> Chicago? I mean, and, and you just think, God... I get to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. as easy as going to 1160hope.com. You click the Help Ukraine banner. Choose the amount that you can give that God has already provisioned you for. Mm-hmm. And it tells you right there how many meals that will release. Or maybe it's calling 855-901-HOPE, 855-901-4673. I mean, people who will never know your name this side of heaven are going to be praising God that you were an answer to prayer. I mean, that changes my day where I go to the grocery store, errands, work, grocery store, you know, occasionally to a park to do some running just because I I do work, grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. That's right. This is is a game-changing day, like Anitra said, to go to 1160hope.com. Click on that Help Ukraine banner. Stick around. We'll be joined by Food for the Poor when we come back. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my friend and special guest co-host Anitra Parmalee from Food for the Poor. If you've missed any of today's show when Brian was here and uh, just a few minutes ago when Anitra and I began talking about the devastating need in Ukraine, we'd love to invite you to go back and catch up on our podcast wherever it is you cast those pods of yours. And as always, (laughs) we love connecting with you on social media. We are at Common Good Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But beyond that, here's what we want you to know more than any of it. It is our website, 1160hope.com, because we want you to go there right now, click on the Help Ukraine banner, and give uh, resources to much-needed refugees, survivors, overcomers that are struggling in Ukraine right now without food. And right now you can play a part in releasing meals for them we're inviting you to give really whatever you can i mean whatever god has allowed you to give we want to invite you to give to those who are hurting in ukraine and desperately need food right now um but what's so incredible is that two gifts of 150 dollars. so if two of you give 150 dollars, that's what is it 1200 meals anitra 1200 meals Amazing. boom are just released 
Yeah, unbelievable. And I think what's important for us to remember as we talk about this in nature, because we can, you know, it's actually, I think, in one sense, been really helpful to have all of the news coverage and all of the social media coverage, because you can't really stay removed when you can actually see visually what's happening in Ukraine. But we can, I think, forget that there are, like, real lives, real embodied human beings fighting for their life every single day and not knowing where their next meal is coming. There are mamas who have been displaced with their kids praying that they'll just have something for this day. And I don't want us, I mean, God doesn't want us either to to forget about the actual people when we're so focused on the statistics. Don't you think that's right? Oh, I know it to be a reality in my life to my detriment. Yeah. And also a reality that I think it's such a, a almost a, a coping mechanism. Mm. You know, I hear about so much suffering yeah. and I pull back and God kind of pokes me and goes, no, you have me. Yeah. Step into it. Yeah. Step into it and trust that you're not going to be overwhelmed, that the waves of suffering, you know, even as I scroll through social media and read stories, I've really been thinking, do you know what? Stop. And yeah. and be community with them. Mm. Take a moment and really pray instead of just putting up the, the praying hands. Mm-hmm. Like really acknowledge God's love for them and yeah. his power and his strength in the midst of this. So, mm. yeah, watching the media coverage has been heartrending. Yeah. And I have... You know, I mean, there's, there's wisdom in terms of keeping a balance. Absolutely. But I just... I think... God, uh, through his spirit, calls us into it and says, these are my people. I know them by name. I'm in the midst of lifting up their heads and I'm inviting you to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the good part. You know, here's the hockey stick of sadness, 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 but God. And all of a sudden you're exhilarated and he's working through these 3,500 pastors on the ground, providing not just meals, but hope. Yeah. which is what they need so much. Yeah, I, I, I love that point because I do think it's so, it's it's crucial for us, you know, when we watch all of the media coverage, it's crucial for us not to be overwhelmed by the immensity of the need, but to stop and consider that, like, these are families, these are our sons and daughters, these are aunts and uncles, these are people created in the image of God that are in such desperate need. And in fact, Anitra, we, uh, we love, I mean, one of the things we love about you guys is that you bring us actual audio of what's going on. And um, I, I would love for you to share something with us now. We have been in a basement for 11 days. We've been counting every one of them. We're cooking at a fire. For now, we have some food and some firewood. In a week, we will have nothing, no food at all. What should we do? I I mean, what should we do? Literally, in a week, we'll have no food at all. I I think this is the part that keeps blowing my mind, Anitra, because I can't even imagine. I mean, sometimes I have have bare pantries. Sometimes I need to go to the grocery store because we're out. I can't imagine not knowing where the food's coming from. And so this is why we are so thrilled, again, to invite you to go to our website, 1160hope.com. Click on that Help Ukraine banner. And our friend Richard, when he gave online, he actually said this, and I think it's so profound. He said, God tells us to give of what he has given us. How can I accept what God has given me and keep it all for myself? So profound. Oh, my word. Just puts it into perspective yeah, for it you. Does. I, I, I have a friend who 
is constantly reminding me, you know, some of the resources that you're given, you know, we talk about being stewards, but you're literally a steward. Like, you're just holding it Mm. for the moment. Yeah. Until an opportunity comes along. So many people, when they go to 1160hope.com, there's a chance for you to not only give your gift to release meals to Ukraine, but also to leave a comment. And a lot of people are saying, I I discovered this is why you gave me this. This is why I got the tax return. This is why I got a bonus. And and you just say, there's a joy. Yeah. Not... uh, they're not thinking, oh, isn't this going to be amazing for the recipient families? But they're actually saying thank you, mm. you know, to WYLL t- for giving me this opportunity yeah. to give through a reputable organization. It's how like God is that a win-win? That's a win-win. Exactly. Well, Anitra Parmalee is going to be with us when we return. Again, you can go to 1160hope.com, click on that Help Ukraine banner, or you can call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. Give a gift of food, life-saving food today. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson, alongside my special guest co-host, Anitra Parmalee from Food for the Poor. We're partnering with Food for the Poor all month to bring uh, resources of food to refugees, displaced families, those who are struggling in Ukraine right now. And one of the things that I love about Food for the Poor, I love about your heart, Anitra, is that when Food for the Poor partners on the ground bringing food, you're not just bringing uh, like physical food, you're bringing spiritual food, you're bringing the gospel because you're partnering with pastors. Can you tell us a little bit about how those relationships work? Sure. When Food for the Poor ministers in the Caribbean and Latin America, where we're accustomed to having projects, it's always through the local church. It's always through a network of pastors. So when the crisis in Ukraine began and we knew God was prompting us to be a part of answering those prayers and and the cries of the people there, so much suffering, we just insisted that they be of the highest integrity, that Mm. there be accountability for all the meals that were distributed, and that it come with the gospel. And we were Mm. so pleased that a partner we've been working with for... decades and one who's been in Eastern Europe for over 10 years and works actually through a network of 3,500 pastors on the ground. They're the ones that we are provisioning. So your gift comes through Food for the Poor and goes right to that pastor. And we talk about, okay, you know, a month-long thing. We see your gift right now. I mean, we're updating. That's how essential the need is. Wow. We're seeing your gift right this minute and going, okay, that's 600 meals for $150. Okay, that was a gift of $500. Boom, 2,000 meals can be released. Because imagine, Aubrey, the need is today and tomorrow and the next day. And yet you get to be a part of that when you go to 1160hope.com and just click on that Help Ukraine banner or call. It's a a toll-free number, 855-901-HOPE. 855-901-4673 and make your best gift and know it is provisioning pastors on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was just thinking about that as you were saying that, Anitra, that we're, I mean, those pastors are also hungry. So we're sure. we are providing 
for the pastors, right? But then through that food, we're equipping them to bring food and gospel hope. Like we're equipping pastors to do their ministry. And if there's not a higher calling for the Christian, I I don't know what it is. We're, We're actually helping the gospel go forward right now on the ground in Ukraine where there's so much suffering. It's ripe for the gospel. And so we're bringing food and much needed hope. And um, in fact, Anitra, I would love to hear from some of those uh, pastors right now. When a network of pastors and churches, they will walk into those places and fear no evil. They will head into the battle because there are people there that need to know and experience who Jesus is. They will tell them that Jesus loves you. In the midst of destruction, to hear those words and to have a tangible way of experiencing that with a meal, that's what I believe that God is telling us when he says, when did you see me? When I was in a bomb shelter, ask for somebody to come help me and you did so your response through your donation is allowing the hands and feet of jesus to be active in ukraine oh that is so powerful when did you see me Uh, when you fed me in the bomb shelter we've seen some of the images of ukrainian folks in the subway stations and think about food oh it makes me want to cry in Nietzsche, but food being delivered to them Mm. And then knowing that that's Jesus showing up, answering their prayers. You can do that by going to 1160hope.com, clicking on that Help Ukraine banner. Or like Anitra said, you can call 855-901-4673, 855-901-4673. And actually, we want to give some shout outs here. Steven in Elgro Village gave $150. That's 600 hundred meals unbelievable uh somebody from wheeling gave a hundred dollars that's 400 meals chris chris and saint Anne gave 50 dollars. that's 200 meals this is what's like this keeps blowing my my mind the like the rate the (laughs) multiplication rate that like a dollar is four meals so any anything that god has given you that you can give back to god i mean ultimately it's his anyway right so anything that god has blessed you with that you can give back to him whether it's $150, $150, whether it's uh, $1,500, whether it's $10, all of it is multiplied in such tremendous ways so that pastors can do their gospel ministry work on the ground in Ukraine right now. I love the point that you make. So many people are saying, but God, I only have fill in the blank. Mm. Will that really make a difference? Mm. The need is so overwhelming. And yeah. I love that. What is it for the person that receives it, for the family that gets yeah. the results of you releasing meals? It, to them, it's everything. Totally. You know, you may look at it and say, oh, is it really going to make a difference? Yeah. Let me assure you very loudly right. and very clearly, yes. And yeah. I have a, a friend whose uh, brother and brother-in-law are in Ukraine, mm. and they're both pastors, have congregations. Mm. And she said to them, and she lives here in the U.S., and um, she said, please, come home. Come. You know, they've got dual citizenship. Come. You can stay in my guest room. You know. Wow. And, and they were vehement they said no wow people need me my sheep need me so they've sent their wives and their their Mm. children on ahead they're safe and in poland Mm. and they're saying this is what god has called us to for such a time as this if the gospel is not able to stand up in the darkest time you know, this is when people have questions. This is when people yes. are willing to have conversations about yes. God 
what if there are no people? What if all the believers have mm-hmm. fled? What if what if nobody's taking a stand? But I yeah. love that your reminder that these men and women are human. They're right. family people. They're concerned. Right. Even though they're making these heroic decisions, mm-hmm. how are they getting fed? Yes. How are they able to hand out? You know, what is it? Hungry ears can't hear you. Mm. You know, to know that God has moved on your heart here mm. in Chicago yeah. to be the answer to prayer. Yes. How... How transformational is that word when it comes to somebody in Ukraine, in Moldova, in Poland? Why would you do that as a stranger to me? And the answer is as simple as because of God. We are united. You're his dearly beloved. And he has given to me to share with you right now. Yeah. Oh, such a good reminder for all of us, Anitra. And, I, you know, I do think you're exactly right. Like These are those moments where... The whole world is asking, even like thinking about coming out of the past couple of years and now this war, the whole world is asking like, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? And it can, it can almost give people, I think, a false idea about God, that God is distant or that God is far removed from right. our pain. But what we know, what we're promised in scripture is that we have an Emmanuel God who is with those who are brokenhearted. We know that God's spirit is on the ground in Ukraine doing miraculous things. And one of those things is providing food through you. And so I think that's what's so compelling to me about getting to co-labor with God, like that, the dignity of that, that when people are asking God, where are you? Like, we're actually the answer to that. Oh, oh, it's my Christians on the ground who are going to 1160hope.com, clicking on that Help Ukraine banner, who are calling uh, our phone number 855-901-HOPE and giving resources, uh, whatever you can give to those in need in Ukraine. That's the answer to the question, where is God? It's you. Right. And and the believers of Jesus are not just having philosophical or theological conversations and, you know, the the source of evil and, you know, is there an eternity? We're feeding, we're clothing, we're housing as believers. And so that essential cry, I'm hungry, Mm. for you to be a part of answering that in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to be a long treatise or a sermon. (laughs) Right. It's the simplicity of you were in need. God loves you. Mm. I want to be a part of answering your prayers. Mm. You know, we know God could so could airdrop this. It's yeah. not. It wouldn't be the first time He provided food for the sky. Right, right. But but He invites us to be a part of it. Yeah. I just I'm so honored by that chance, that mm. invitation, and I think. As you're listening to us, I think the invitation is for you, not just the general crowds of you, but you, you. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so good, Anitra. So we are asking you, you as part of the Common Good community to provision these pastors on the ground for the work of ministry. Your one-time gift of $150 provides 600 meals. Two listeners give $150 right now. That's $1,200. Meals. When we return, we'll be back with Anitra Parmalee. We've got a few more minutes to ch- make a life-changing difference in Ukraine. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson, joined by my special guest co-host, Anitra Parmalee from Food for the Poor. Look, 
It is the end of today's show. And as you know, if you're a listener of The Common Good, at the end of every show, we love to bring you something challenging or inspiring or something to put a smile on your face. I don't know what's more challenging or inspiring than uh, partnering with God to bring food to those in Ukraine right now. You can do that by going to our website, 1160hope.com, clicking on that Help Ukraine banner. You can also call a toll-free number, 855-901-4673, 855-901-HOPE. Look, we've got a few more minutes together. The need has not changed. The need is... uh, incredibly great but the opportunity is literally right here the click of a button to be the hands and feet of jesus and bring hope bring healing bring gospel power bring the love of jesus to those hurting in ukraine right now by giving it's a chance for your ordinary day to suddenly be extraordinary. Yeah, We've that's been talking it. about the hunger of purpose, the the desire for us to be a part of a story that God is telling, not mm-hmm. just in our lives. I think there's such a, a exhilaration in being part of a bigger story, yeah. one where people will be looking back. I, I think of, you know, the seven seven year old boy who's right now in a bunker or a subway, you know, station and Instead of the announcement, okay, track two, the train's delayed. Now the announcement is volunteers have brought food, mm. and you're a direct, uh, you're providing those meals. Imagine the story he'll tell as a father. Okay, yes, during the war in Ukraine, this is what happened. This is what I saw. Yeah. This is the devastation. But in the midst of our darkest moment, mm. God showed up. I mean, mm. those are stories that stand the test of time. Yeah, they are. And you have a part in that. Amazing. That that can change your Thursday. Yeah, that can. That's a good. That will change your Thursday. Absolutely. And imagine you said something like this earlier, Anitra. But I'm thinking about like going home tonight, sitting around the dinner table with my three sons and my husband. Like, can you imagine being able to look at your family and be like, "Do you know what we did today?" We actually saved some lives in Ukraine by bringing them food. Like we actually answered some prayers today, and and I, that I don't know that like you said that sense of purpose, that sense of like changing your day. It, obviously, it's not about you; it's about those who are hurting. But the fact that God allows us to do that just by uh, going to our website eleven sixty hope dot com, clicking on that Help Ukraine banner right now, you can make a difference on a Thursday evening. And Anitra, I know. You know, we hear numbers like the millions that are displaced. The, the refugee number is is out of, I mean, it's crazy. And so that can begin to feel a little bit daunting. And you almost freeze in inaction because you're like, I, I mean, I can pray, but I can't, right. I don't know what to do. I think what is so cool about Food for the Poor and what I, I love your heart and I love this organization is that, yeah, we're not saying, like, you can't stop the war right now. We wish you could. You can't. Uh, but you can do something. And you can actually, you know, change lives, help people survive, be a part of bringing – I mean, this is what's crazy to me. It's literally, f- like, food that people need right now um, today, again, by going and clicking on that Help Ukraine banner at 1160hope.com. Calm. I think the question for us is what part in this everything that we're seeing, what's the small part that God wants you to play in bringing hope in this crisis? I would just encourage people to ask, how am I being asked to help now? It's an invitation to be part of the solution. Not one person is going to solve this whole problem. 
it's all of us acting in some small way together. I wouldn't ask how little do I have to do. I would say, God, what are you calling me to do? And how can I trust you today knowing that there are organizations of high integrity with your heart that are acting. So I want to be a part of that. So I'm going to make a donation today. That is truly what the body of Christ is called to do. We're not called to be everything to everybody, but we are called to do everything we can for everybody. Right now, to see this unfolding real time is something that really stirs people's heart. Mm. Oh, I love that. We're not called to be everything for everybody. But how did he say that? But we're called to do what we can for everybody. Right. Something for for everybody. Oh, that's so good. Well, hey, we've got some people who have done some things, some powerful things, some miraculous things. Fernando in Chicago gave $150. That's 600 meals. Unbelievable. Thank you, Fernando. Miracle maker, Fernando. That's that's right. We've got Kenneth in Lombard who gave $50. That's 200 meals. Kenneth, we're so grateful for you. God sees you. Thank you for that. Look, we've got just a few more minutes together. So let's be a part of this. Like, let's just push right now. Let's release food like Anitra has been talking about. What part does God have for you in these final few minutes? One-time gift of $500 provides 2,000 meals. I mean, unbelievable. Whatever Whatever God has resourced you with, you can offer back to God in a way that will make this ordinary uh, Thursday, a miraculous Thursday, as Anitra has been saying. You can go to AM1160, excuse me, 1160hope.com, click on that Help Ukraine banner, or you can call 855-901-4673, 855-901-HOPE. You can tell from my mathing that I, <laughs> I think of people more than than numbers. It's probably and good. To step, we were talking about you know looking around your family tonight. You yeah. you stopping and um, recognizing. Okay, we provided for a family, but it's for many families because $150 releases 600 meals. I mean, what is that? Like an elementary school cafeteria? I don't understand that. You say, okay, I'll give you $150. Please feed all of these children for me. I mean, just those numbers, it just defies my brain. It just blows my mind that that's what God is inviting us Mm. to be a part of. 2,000. I mean, is that like a high school auditorium? Yes, And that's on the other side of your gift of $500. I mean, these numbers are amazing, but I I love that it's, you know, Igor and, you know, the children and and just... One by one by one. I mean, it's it's a line stretching off mm. and you standing there with a basket that is so God drenched mm. that it doesn't run out until Aww. 600 children have been saved or yeah. 2000 families have been, you know, adults and, and children have been rescued. Mm. That is something I hunger for. Mm. And maybe you've been looking for an opportunity. Maybe you've been looking at the crisis and thinking, God, I'm not sure even with whom to partner. You yeah. know, I want to make a difference, yeah. but I, I don't have time to do the vetting. Well, 
Your friends here at the Common Good mm-hmm. have done it. Food for the Poor is reputable. Yes. So will you make your gift right now? Yeah, that's. That, I'm so glad you brought that up, Anitra. I think this is a great way to end the show because I think sometimes people are hesitant to give because they don't know, okay, is what I'm giving really going to provide food or is it right. going to administrative costs or is it like going in the pocket of somebody that it shouldn't? And so we have loved the, the reputation of Food for the Poor. You've been on the ground all around the world for decades. You're partnering with local organizations in Ukraine, local pastors like, yes, Common Good Community. I want you to know that Food for the Poor is vetted, is faithful. These are like laborers of the gospel, lovers of Jesus, lovers of people that you're partnering with right now. So you can trust that when you go to 1160hope.com, you click on that Help Ukraine banner or you pick up the phone and you dial 855 855- Nine zero one four six seven three. When you do that, you can trust that you are giving to an organization that's a gospel-centered organization and is doing the work on the ground to bring food. So this is your opportunity today. Anitra, it has been my pleasure to have you join me today. I feel like Brian missed out. We have run the world. (laughs) It's been so good. I hope I was at least able to be a placeholder. You know, it's kind of a daunting task. But this has been a joy because, you know, I feel like I've got um, you in one hand and then a Ukrainian child in the other. Mm. And Food for the Poor is just the bridge between the two of them. So we're so honored to have that position. And just as you're called to accountability for the resources you've been given, we double that accountability because you're blessing us with your resources, knowing that they are going to make it to the ground, the hands of a pastor to feed hungry people right now. That's right. Right now, again, one more time. You're probably sick of hearing it, but I'm going to say it again. 1160hope.com. Click on that Help Ukraine banner today. And thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Food for the Poor and Anitra Parmalay, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.